2: This week saw a powerful portrayal of a young man in the throes of an emotional breakdown. This story has highlighted the hidden plague that is mental health issues amongst men. If you need a shoulder to lean on or someone to talk to we recommend the following services. If you're in Britain you can call. The Samaritans. Call on 116123. Or you can try Young Minds. You can text YM 85258. If you're in the USA call mental health america on 1-800-273-8255 or to contact the jed foundation text home to 741741 this podcast
0: is a royfield brown production find others on itunes
3: all
4: right
1: yeah I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers.
4: This week's Dumpty Dum is from Marie Bray, with an homage to Irene Carr and a flash dance. Sponsored by K Hopper.
3: So this must be Dumpty Dum, to share about the reality darky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of Millers. I'm Royful Brown. Who is top of the Spotify Raptor League? And today I'm joined by the silent worker from behind the scenes.
4: Who is Jacqueline Berto in Sagwin, Brittany, France? Royfield, you did it. You made the top of the league.
3: No, we did it. We did it. We did it. It, it, but my
4: name didn't appear. My children are so disappointed that my name wasn't on it. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, no, I keep saying, it's the editor, it's the editor. You're the producer. So but how brilliant. Well done you, and I'm so pleased with our work. So
3: And all we mm-hmm. are is the tip of, of of the spear because behind us are a legion of other people that help us to put together this podcast. Yes.
4: On this episode we'll hear from Witherspoon, thank goodness we have an expert this week. Mm-hmm. Minxie Brit, who knows what's good for Rory. Shifty Davy, who's feeling grumpy. And our lovely Jonah Manjaz, who just heard the best episode of
3: The Archers in his life. Goodness, you know, that, that's quite the accolade. Now, as well as hearing from all those good folk, you're going to hear Tweets of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin. We have the social media roundup from our Suey. She's having two bites of the cherry on this week's episode. Don't forget, we have loads of content on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in dum dum, and you can uh, watch yourself some of that. By the way, we also need your dumpty dums Don't think that just because Marie Bray et al every week seems to send us in a new dumpty dum that you can't do that also. Send it in via speakpipe.com or you can do that via WhatsApp. We'll give you details of how to do that later. We'll also have our Facebook roundup where we'll be welcoming our new members of the Facebook group. We've got loads for you in this week's podcast.
4: But first, let's start with a look at the week in Ambridge from our suey Queen or Tart.
5: Hello, lovely people. Sue, Queen Otar on the Twitters, and another week in Ambridge. This week has been brought to us by awareness of mental health issues, the effect on, a, on all of us the cost of the cost-of-living crisis and a bit of choir nativity thrown in for good luck. Tracy is decided to buy a bit of Christmas every week from now on to make sure the family won't miss out. Brad and Chelsea have decided they don't want presents... But Jazza is going to save the day by getting loads of free stuff online. They extend this plan by Chelsea and Tracy going to a wedding show on free tickets and Tracy pretending she's getting married with a horse and carriage and all that, which gains them lots of swag, including free mini donuts for Brad's train trip to Manchester. Tracy seemed to warm to the idea of marriage, but is denying it vehemently. The winter warmer at the Bull seems to have been a rip-roaring success, although Jolene's nose is out of joint as Jill did her look her gift horse in the mouth and told Jolene she could push off so that she, Jill, and the saintly Jack of All Trades, Leonard could spend more time together. Jolene was proper miffed, but cheered up when, Vic, when Mick volunteered for the choir, which turned out to be the wrong one. He and Joey are now going to be part of the family feud and will never see each other due to their respective choir rehearsal schedules. He tried to back out, but once Jolene has taken Joy's man just because she can, she ain't letting go. Lily, Lillian and Follin have also joined Jolene's choir and they settle down to a fun night, by which I mean they got some biscuits and a right talking to from Jolene, who is super bossy. They sounded pretty amazing, though, with multiple part harmonies. Mm, Suspicious. Ben is a cause of much concern to Pip and then to Rex, who is brushed off, and to Ruth and David, and his university tutor, who really tried to help him get access to better health care, he was having none of it. Rosie has been cast as the spider in the nativity play. Who Who's heard of a spider in a nativity play? Rather than a sheep, which apparently is what all the children wanted to be. Perhaps they've been listening to the bear at the end of the Dumpty Dum intro each week. Anyway... Pip failed to stuff some tights to make sufficient legs and Stella ended up buying a costume for Rosie to wear to be passed on to her nephew, who I'm sure will be delighted. Most boys' idea of a spider costume would be red and blue with a face mask and the ability to walk up walls and shoot spider webs. I am so glad I got to spend six hours in hypnosis to be able to even talk about spiders. David volunteers to do Christmas dinner all by himself in the absence of Jill, who has had the audacity... To take her recipe book with her. What incredible selfishness. I would love sausage and mash for Christmas dinner personally, but I foresee a disaster. Ben went round to see Chelsea and talked about best the dog's coat. Chelsea could have a new profession as a dog and hamster groomer, but she doesn't seem too keen. Ben was talking nineteen to the dozen, sounding like he'd taken something to be honest, very disappointed that Jazza dissuaded Chelsea from voicing her concerns. Mick has told Joy that he loves her but she has not reciprocated. I suspect she has been badly hurt in the past. She was amazing on the village green when Ben went to the shop with David and had what sounded like a full-on panic attack looking for Bess the dog. He could hear her barking and he was terribly hard to console. After Joy did a great job reassuring him that people can understand and he could go to a and in David's car, she actually went with them to act as the voice of reason and calm. David now seems to understand how poorly Ben is and how things might get better. Well, I hope that normal service resumes next week and we see how things progress. Until then, my lovelies. Take care.
3: Oh, thank you for that, Zoe. Ooh. Ooh.
4: Good goal. So much to talk about this week
3: there is there's a proper plethora of poignancy to talk about just before we deal with the elephant in the room which is that stunning episode on friday where do you stand on a lady person subverting cultural norms and asking a man to marry her
4: quite normal that's
3: quite normal it's quite normal
4: yeah i think it is now how many times have you why shouldn't she
3: i'm not saying she (laughs) shouldn't I'm not saying she shouldn't, but how many times have you been wed? Three times. Okay, as I thought. How many times did you pop the question? Twice. Really? Yeah. The floor is yours. Tell us a story.
4: <laughs> no, no stories to tell, Royfield. Come on, because that that is unusual.
3: It is unusual. I'm all up for think? it.
4: Yeah. No, uh, I know loads of women who've asked the other halves to marry them. What a, what a, this is nothing, nothing to do. My life is nothing to do with the archers this week.
3: Oh come on, it absolutely is. Because so how it, many times it, it have enforced. you been?
4: How many times have you been wed?
3: Only the once.
4: And it was you that popped the question.
3: It absolutely was. Otherwise, it was never going to happen.
4: You have led such a sheltered life. You're I absolutely such absolutely baby. Have, which is the
3: reason you why I need you. Let's do a listener's poll, listener. If you have been married why don't you just drop us a little text on whatsapp plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six just put your gender and then say whether you did the asking or whether you were asked so but female i was asked or i did the asking that's all you need to do now very obviously this gets somewhat complicated when we have same-sex marriages but still Regardless of your sexuality, quick straw poll plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. Because I'm sure that even in these times where gender equality is more of a thing, we don't live in perfect times, that the lion's share of the asking in heterosexual marriages is done by chaps as opposed to lasses. I'm almost ninety nine point nine percent certain of that.
4: Prove him wrong, folks. Prove him wrong. Yeah,
3: prove me wrong. But I thought it was a lovely (laughs) episode. I thought it was a lovely yeah. episode. It's to the it point, was
4: though. a lovely episode. But Roy, right, mm. I've got I've written a question for you. Oh, go on then. Are there things in your life that you really wanted but didn't get? Just like poor little Rosie Who <laughs> wanted wanted to be a sheep and she got to be a spider.
3: Well, a bit like Suey, I'm a little bit confused as to what part the spider plays in the nativity play. Very confused.
4: Listen, I mm. had lunch today with a friend who is was a primary school teacher. And she mm. tells me that when you've got 35 kids in a class, you grasp at straws when it comes to the animals <laughs> in the nativity. <laughs> but, I've, met, but, I've made a stable this week. You'd be so proud of me. I, I used a drill used mm. an electronic screwdriver and a glue gun to make a stable. There you
3: go. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, just whilst we were on Nativity Plays, a good friend of mine, ex-wife, did basically talk to me. Did you ask me. her? Yes, I did. Yeah. But, That's
4: the only one, yes. Yeah, sorry. I, I, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. superfluous question She though. was
3: a child of the late 70s and early 80s, small child, and she told me in no uncertain terms about the racial discrimination that went on in the nativity play because her mm. as a little brown child could not be Mary <gasps> and she says, oh my I was God eminently qualified to be Mary, but back in those days, if you're a brown kid, you weren't being Mary or joseph Goodness. or even the baby Good. Jesus well, I think the baby Jesus she... is basically a doll anyway but he, but either which way but but now we have colorblind casting for school nativity plays. You can be My any which way, color, probably any old gender. And and you can play Mary or, or, or Joseph. But anyway, let alone the angel Gabriel. So we do live in much more enlightened times. Anyway, let's have a little touch of this.
1: Three, nine, six,
3: First off, top of the shop. Let's start with our resident sports therapist. It's our Witherspoon.
0: Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs.
2: Mercy. <laughs> Greetings, Roy, Phil, Jacqueline, and all Dunty numbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. It's the festive time of year, and I'm reminded of the holiday movie classic, "It's a Wonderful Life." and its emphasis on community spirit. A tear comes to my eye when the angel Clarence helps the depressed and suicidal George Bailey, and then his friends rally to his aid at the movie's conclusion. So Jazzer and Rex failed the It's a Wonderful Life test, and Chelsea, and especially Joy, passed it with flying colors. After Ben's interaction with Rex early in the week, I wondered why Rex hadn't gone back to Pip with concerns about Ben's mood. Chelsea wanted to let the family know about Ben's strange behavior, but Jazzer said, don't get involved. Is Ambridge a community that easily gossips but doesn't help each other in times of need? Well, Joy stepped up in such a compassionate way. Of course, Joy does share many qualities with Clarence. Did I hear a bell ring in A&E? Now, what's going on with Ben? He presented with a variety of symptoms this week. First, on Monday, he was anxious. Remember, we've talked about his perfectionistic and obsessive traits, and he's already been depressed. Then on Wednesday, his racing thoughts and pressured speech were consistent with a manic episode. On Friday, he appeared to be having a panic attack with a dollop of extreme obsessive worries bordering on paranoia, along with auditory and visual hallucinations. So my working diagnosis is bipolar disorder. Remember one request that David made for Ben to roll up the car window because it was so cold, but Ben was feeling hot. Now that could be consistent with mania or a panic attack, but we always do a complete medical workup with an initial psychiatric presentation. Feeling hot like that could be consistent with hyperthyroidism, which would explain his other symptoms. Not very likely, but needs to be ruled out. Just saying. Talk to you soon.
3: Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon.
4: Oh, God. (laughs) I was waiting for Witherspoon's call because I really needed a bit of professional input. It's been such an emotional week. There were so many ups and downs. And then that comparison with It's a Wonderful Life, which I watched this week in my codeine-filled haze, as I came out of the dentist's surgery after root canal work and it flashed before my eyes. I think I slept through most of it, but it did remind me of that, the good things and the bad things, and I agree, Chelsea and Joy were absolutely joyful. I mean, an ode to Joy, that should be the title of this, uh, this, this week's podcast, but... Jazza, I wasn't so sure. I'm not so down on Jazza as Witherspoon is because I actually think he did, he was trying to protect. But Rex, yeah, why didn't he follow everything through? He was told to do something by Pip. What do you think? How did it go for you?
3: To slightly admonish Jazza is somewhat unfair because he's still in protective mode. He's protecting his kith and kin, isn't he? And yeah. his stepdaughter has gone through a harrowing experience, and he's making sure that she's all right first. His responsibility first and foremost is to her, mm-hmm. not to Ben. So why would he? And and I think very obviously Rex cares about Ben. They're pals. They're yeah, muckers. But Rex yeah, is a ca-
4: carer, isn't he? He does like it. Rex is nice. Yeah. He he's he, uh, yeah, nice. He that that to- sounds horrible, but. He's a good guy.
3: I tell you, one of the things which I'm trying to rehabilitate is the word nice. There's nothing wrong with the word nice. You know, people seem to see that it's damning with faint praise to say that something or someone is nice. And for me to say that you are nice, I think is is a massive accolade and compliment. But anyway, moving on from that, I think, you know, this is the problem. When we're confronted by people who are, let's say, are acting a little bit oddly, okay, Sometimes we're too busy with our own lives to really see the wood for the trees. And it wasn't as if Ben's episode, when Rex thought he's a little bit odd, was as starkly atypical as on Friday. Friday, you could not misconstrue that there is somebody in some level of mental distress, and we've known for quite some time that Ben is having a nervous breakdown. We've known yeah, that for quite us, some time
4: we're kind of listening but to his. There um, you go.
3: There you go. His
4: mental dialogue, aren't we?
3: We're seeing him interact with numerous characters and struggle to be his normal self, whereas Rex. Yeah, he's had a couple of episodes where he's spoken to Ben. He says Ben's a bit off, but also, you know, he's also thinking, well, he's gone through this. So is this a normal response to somebody who's gone through the the experiences that he had vis-a-vis Chelsea and the pregnancy and the termination? And also Rex is not a professional. And I think what's self-evident is that Joy has had some experience with people who had either a nervous breakdown or some level of a psychotic episode because she was so good. She's a wonderful, caring character anyway, and a social antenna is always turned up to 11. But my gosh, did she swoop in and, in a very caring way, pour calm on troubled waters and, and at least be able to mollify Ben, but then also to reassure David as well. You know, that was just tremendous. It was uh, utterly tremendous.
4: Yeah, and it it does raise raise questions about her background, Mm. where she's coming from. She was just amazing to be able to calm a father who is lost Mm. and a boy who is lost he was completely out of himself. He, didn't, he wasn't the normal Ben. He, wasn't, he was losing it completely. And she was so brilliant. Really, Joy was a hero this week. Such an emotional episode. There have not been many episodes of The Archers over the last 50 years that I've actually cried listening to it. And this week there have been two. I can honestly say what brilliant writing just loved it. Loved it, but I feel emotional about
3: it. You know, it, it's brilliant writing and, and wonderful acting. You know, the two things, we have the two things, you know, hand in hand here. And we we noticed this last week, or possibly even possibly the week before, that the focus of this storyline has so moved on from Chelsea. And now Ben Norris, who pays Ben Archer, is delivering a bravado performance. Let's not forget, we had him speaking to his university tutor and his rising level of anxiety, which he displayed then, and then subsequent to that. Now he has the excuse of, I'm falling behind with my studies. That's the reason why I can't go out with you, Rex. That's the reason why I'm het up it can deflect away from actually what's the core issue. Then we have him going round to, to see Chelsea because he feels that nobody else is going through what he's going through. The one person who in effect has been on this journey with him is of course Chelsea, but she has been able to compartmentalize this, rationalize it, not let it spill over into other areas of her life. So and and even then, Ben then feels even more alone because she doesn't share his emotional anxiety or the emotional full-stop blockage that he has. She's got on and, and has kind of moved on. Not to say that she's forgotten. I just think this is just stunning. It's just wonderfully played.
4: What I mm. want to say about this and that call is... Thank goodness we've got people like Witherspoon who mm-hmm. can call in to us and tell us hyperthyroidism. I don't even know what it is. Looking at the story, looking about the development, looking about the changes in Ben this week, he's come up with several medical possibilities. And that is just amazing. What, what a great community to help us understand the archers.
3: Absolutely. And, and Mr. Spoon has always been an utter stalwart in that regard. And that's the reason why we give him the phrase music at the start to, to give him his proper props and, and bony fides. And it kind of goes back to one of the things that we do ask for listeners to do when they're a first time caller in a row is actually to say what your profession is because there's always going to be an instance in the whole plethora of stories in The Archers where if you are a a land surveyor or a psychiatrist or a whatever, where actually your professional now gives us real insight into the storyline and the characters and what they're going through. Stuff.
4: Yeah, and I remember from the beginning of Dumpty Dum we you asked that and we were quite careful about telling people what skills we had I mean mm. I just I, personally I've never said that I've got any skills I just like to talk
3: <laughs> so you're not even qualified to host this podcast then what do you bring into the show
4: not a lot <laughs>
3: Apart from the fact <laughs> All I can talk about is being a brummy, having Jamaican parents. That's my expertise. So if there's any brummies on, on the arches, I can talk about that. Oh, the accent of his university tutor, full-on brummy. There you go. Notice that today. But increasingly the incidental characters are nearly always brummies now. Or at least there's a West Midlands accent. Northern then you the south of very Lincolnshire.
4: Different. south thing is just very different.
3: Oh, I know it's all it's all posh down there, isn't it? People sound proper posh. Not in south really.
4: Not really. No, all Boston. It's all cabbage fields and lots of po- <laughs> poli- polish shops. As I once tripped, I made a visit to to Boston, and my mm-hmm. daughter said to me, "Why are there so many shops selling polish?" it was a a polish it was a polish
3: shops (laughs) talking about the proud nation of poland crashed out of the of the uh, yesterday (laughs) Steady, right? so it's so exciting isn't it what are you okay i'll calm down you are going to have to decide next saturday are you english or are you french well in fact no, no, no! It's, no, no. it's quite simple. No, 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 no! I don't a know. About
4: frong-lay, frong-lay, frong-lay. No,
3: no, 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 no! You can't be, because they will need to be. Yeah, i be English. Thank you.
4: Oh, that's what I want to one. Listen, what I want to I've got it all planned. I'm the driver. Mm. I'm picking mm. up my English friends with my husband in the car, and we're going to a local brasserie where they mm. make beautiful homemade beers which Mm -hmm. I won't be drinking because I'm the driver, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we'll watch the match together and there'll be three English and Loic, who'll be French, but the rest of the bar will all be French.
3: You know what I like about that is it's very much a metaphor for what the score is going to be. Three English and one Frenchman. So 3-1 to England is what you're saying. Yeah,
4: bound to be Royfield, bound
3: to be. Boom. There you go. There you go. You heard it <laughs> here. Mystic Madame Berto with uh, a <laughs> crystal ball is telling us that next Saturday the mighty English will defeat mm. the the wilting French.
6: Hello, this is Jonah, also known as Jonah Man Jazz, on various social media platforms. Just want to talk about the Friday episode. Never before Have I listened and thought, this is totally real. This is a situation I've been in in my life. And I was just absolutely speechless how well it was done, how well it was acted. I don't know exactly what line they're going down with, what Ben's condition is. The scene it was reminiscent of is something... Well, that happened several times with my brother, who has been diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, which is something along the lines of schizophrenia. I know lots of mental conditions will have similar symptoms to that, but it was just absolutely so real. And the first time I encountered it, I was probably very much like all fingers and thumbs, like David was now I've experienced a bit more life and sort of similar situations with other people in other aspects of my life and also in my working life. I'm now more like Joy was, and it certainly seems to me like Joy has had some training or some experience in that situation. It could tie in with a story that we're going to hear about with Joy later, I'm not sure. But yeah, absolutely brilliant episode best one i've ever heard i'll speak to you next week
3: absolutely was a stunning episode and and as and as i said before there is no way that this isn't going to be maybe one of the first times we truly learned something about joy that the reason why she was so adept at understanding the anguish that ben was going through spotting those signs saying the right things to ben and also yeah. to david
4: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. It was so moving. It was such a brilliant episode. Such fantastic accent, acting, sorry, accent. And uh, I completely agree with Jonah. It was having lived through the same kind of things with various uh, two family members, myself. I can't, there's not enough words to say how it was. It was just, it just came across so well. Ben Norris was amazing. David came across as a, Man floundering, Joy came across as a woman completely in control of herself, of the situation, and really with experience. So I'm delighted because we've always wondered what the backstory of Joy was. So.
3: And, and it just goes to highlight, for me, male mental health and yeah. the travails that many young men suffer in terms of their. Their mental health is something which gets really underreported. I did look at some stats and 2018, I don't know if this is the last year which we had stats, for 2018, there were 6,507 suicides registered in the UK. And that number is only going up three quarters of these are men. I actually thought it was slightly more male than female, but it's three quarters of these are men. And actually, a, a big surprise here is that it's men aged between 40 and 49 that have the highest rates of suicide within the UK. I know that within men in their late teens and 20s, that suicide is the highest cause. But I didn't know that the rates were highest between men between 40 and 49. That, that was a real surprise. Men report lower levels of life satisfaction than women. And men are much less likely to access psychological therapies than women. And men make up only 36% of referrals to the NHS. And this was remarked upon this week, wasn't it? You know, somebody did say, oh, do you need to go maybe get some therapy? And Ben was like, no. And bear in mind, he's a healthcare professional.
4: Yeah, he's he's setting out on that, yeah, um, on that fit uh, in that field, and he was dissing mm. it, wasn't he? He saying, no, yeah. no, no, that's yeah. not for uh, me. Uh, but I have to say that I think we should do a bit of a, a call out for the services, the suicide awareness services that are available
3: for people you in know, well, the that, US. I tell you Sorry. what, we'll do, and I'll, and I'll leave this in the episode so people know how kind of on the fly that we actually do this show so um, at the start of the show now you'll have heard so there's a number for mental health services in the UK and in the US at the start of the show very obviously we've only come to that conclusion whilst talking about it now (laughs) but I do edit this thing so it's going to be at the start so there you go this is how this show organically comes together with Jacqueline and I having a conversation Brilliant. Thank you, Jonah. It not only touched you, but touched many others. Now it's time for Shifty Dave.
6: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey.
7: For 20% off your first system.
0: Good evening, Dumpty Dumbers. Shifty Davey here from Fife and other places. Wasn't that a wonderful episode? Joy, buying Ben's distress, and then managing him with compassion and wisdom and imagination. Managing David as well. Must have some mental health experience in her background. Just a real example of how to deal with with people in that situation i am calling in because for the sake of my own mental health i need to get something off my chest i feel bearing down towards me like a giant pantechnicon on the motorway it's lights flashing and spraying mud and sleet as it comes towards me a christmas plot line of course The two choirs are going to, in some way, have to come together at Christmas. There'll be a snow blizzard or something, or there'll be sheep somehow herding them into the same pub. Or I don't know what's going to happen, but they're going to be together, and they're going to have to sing Christmas cows together, and then it's going to be on Radio 4. And this is the bit that is annoying me, I, it was nice when the mysteries were on Radio Four, just like as a one-off. But it's going on, it's going on, and I just—I can feel it. I can feel in my water the Radio Four announcer saying, "And now we go over to Ambridge for a choir concert." Anyway, I just had to get that grumpiness off my chest. Also, I bet there's going to be a secret wedding between Jasper and Tracy at the same time. Anyway, I love The Archers. I love it with all of my being, but I I, I just wanted to be grumpy for a moment. Thank you very much. I uh, wish you all a very Merry Christmas indeed.
4: Oh, mm. poor, poor shifty Dave. He shouldn't be so grumpy, really. Sorry, Dave.
3: Davey. You know what? Considering he's from... From Dundee or Roundabout. No,
4: Fife and, five and other places.
3: Five, yeah, Fife and other places. Very sorry. And then so is your Christopher. So maybe I mean, they should have a Dundee dum meetup. Cup of tea together on a scone, meet in a cafe, talk about the archers. Cause a scone we're...
4: or a scone?
3: Scone, scone. Scone, scone.
4: Jolly good how I feel. Just so, you're such a diplomat.
3: I tell you, I'm only a diplomat when it comes to the pronunciation of scone, 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 scone. Uh, I really don't mind either way it goes. But I I will not abide... They are. I will not abide people that put the jam on first and the cream on top afterwards. It's always a mess when you do that.
4: Well, that's it. We've just lost... Do you know, we've got nearly 9,000 followers on... No, we've got
3: over (laughs) 9,000 followers on Twitter. You've just lost half of them. No, no, no. You know what? If people want to... (laughs) prepare their scones gone scone, scone. in that manner we can afford to lose them that is barbarism of the highest order you do <laughs> oh not you do not put your jam on first and cream on top it just becomes a mess mm. what you do you put your cream then the jam on top Everybody knows really? it's barbarism. Creely. It's barbarism. I'm sorry. That's barbarism. it. That's the
4: end. That's the end of this relationship. End, up. end up. Uh, Raphael. No, no, no. I can't. No, really? because no, I can't talk line, to you now. You've, you've condemned line, me.
3: <laughs> there's a line where civilization. Right, where are you,
4: where are you going to it, be? It's a
3: wall of a and a marker of a civilized person. Right.
4: Oh, crap. Everything <laughs> else
3: is barbarism. And, and I won't have it. I just won't have it. We have Do you know to
4: what? Do you know what? Jiro Royfield, you've got script on decent script. So go back onto the script now.
3: Listen, very <laughs> obviously you and I need to have words afterwards as to how we're <laughs> going to how you're gonna write your resignation email to the dumdy dum board because you have no, to resign. I,
4: I am out now. I'm out searching for a new host best. to go with me. And the
3: easiest way for you to off. record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum-de. Don't forget the T in the middle. And by the way, if you'd like to also host the show, just make sure that you know how to <clears throat> correctly prepare a scone, 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 scone. Right. And you'll also find a link in the show notes.
4: Please, we need your calls in by six p.m. on Sunday UK time. Please keep your call to a maximum of two minutes, and bear in mind that you need to be at least eighteen to take part. And you need to know that the jam and the uh, the go. cream is in the right order. And you'll be hosting yeah, it
3: with me. Yeah, exactly. No, but can you?
4: <laughs> but can you edit? But can you edit it? Because I
3: can't do the editing. <laughs> <laughs> now we need we your help. We do need help. <laughs> There are three things, four things that you can do. Put the cream on first and the jam on top. (laughs) And then the second thing you can do, if you haven't done so already, is hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast you're listening to and give us a five-star review. That would be hugely appreciated. And finally, the fourth thing is that you can consider becoming a Patreon. And we don't big up our Patreons enough. Patreons we thank you because you know what you give over your hard earned money money that you've gone out and earned and you've toiled over and you say to yourself you know what I'm going to throw some of that dumby-dum's way because it gives gives me insight and joy so thank you Patreons. Patreon is a way of tipping creators like us and there are different levels with different rewards so if you just go to patreon.com search for dumby-dum we'd be chuffed to bits to have your support regardless of how you prepare a scone, scone 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 Right, because you can throw money at me in whichever way you eat your scone, 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 and I love you. So You're such a tart. No, 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 no. Well, listen, I know which side my scone is buttered in that regard. (laughs) Buttercream?
4: (laughs) You're you're heading for a coronary.
3: That is true. Buttercream and jam. (laughs) That is true. And there you go. Now, before we go back to our calls, don't forget you can send us an email. Well, hmm. I think the email yeah. is up the fritz again. So why don't you go I to do too. there's a couple of there's a couple of ways you can you can contact us if you don't fancy hearing the sandy of own voice. Number one, go onto the Twitters and send us a DM and that, that's one way of getting a message to us as somebody did this week. Or you can go to onto WhatsApp plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. And then you can contact us that way. And and also you can send us in a dum dum that way by sending us a voice note as well. So back to our caller in a
1: Hey, Minxie Britt here calling in to say how horrible Julianne has become or always was. And we're seeing her true colours now. I think what's really clever about the way it's been written is that it's not really a storyline about someone giving sexual services in exchange for money. This is a commodified relationship in which Rory thinks he's getting something emotional from Julianne. She means a lot more to him than he does to her. I think her nasty side is being shown in the way that she undermines him with him getting a job of his own the way that she doesn't respect boundaries with all the calls that she's making in the texts and then being sniffy that he doesn't reply. She says you're free to do what you want, but actually she doesn't want him to be free to do what he wants. And then I'll also say I love Paul. I think Paul's a really nice character and someone who has integrity. He I think shows Rory what he's been missing and it would be lovely if they just became friends, you know, let alone partners. If they became friends, I think that would be really good for Rory because then he's just getting something uncomplicated and fun and would help him evolve. Whereas Julianne's just going to undermine him more and more. So that's all from me. Thank you. Very good. Good thoughts. Good
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Good
3: thoughts. I think for me, what's incredibly complex about the Rory and Julianne relationship is that it is just so confusing to truly understand how each party truly comes at this, because at the start, it truly was a financial transaction. She needed some escorting, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, and he provided that, and we're escorting true escorting starts and ends and prostitution starts and ends it is a massive blurry dividing line i did have a friend who 15 16 years ago almost went into escorting but was only going to escort and i said is that even really possible surely and, and she she was female and i said surely 99% of escorts it ends up being sexual and she categorically told me no there is a you know there is a a portion of escorting which is I need somebody to go with me to an event and I said well that could well be true Mm. and if you tell me that's the case but every every other man is going to say to you well how much for extras but whatever right so there is that element to their relationship but then we know that Rory has developed some level of true emotional feeling for Julianne yeah. But then she is buying his attention outside of their allotted time, which she which she spends money yeah. for.
4: Does she pay for the extra time though? That's the thing.
3: In a way, she kind of is. If Rory has a car, yeah, but uh, yeah, I didn't you know, understand why all you, that. That's right, that's it's messy. so yeah. messy. That's what i It's it so messy. messy. It is messy. Um, you know, it's a not car, as if
4: is she, is she's paying rent.
3: And there was something like that. There's a whole load mm. of things. It's extra, which he's doing, which is classically that sugar daddy role. Yeah. It's classically. Yes. It's Absolutely. been that sugar daddy who says, well, I'll pay for this and I'll pay for that. And and fundamentally, yes, you can do whatever you want. But when I call upon you, I want you to be there for me.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. She's oh, so controlling.
3: Absolutely. Bit like you in this podcast, forever changing the script on me, adding in little bits and pieces. Well, why not? <laughs>
4: you, you, your name appears on everything that this podcaster, uh, every award this podcaster uh, uh, wins, and I don't award. get any any name. my name never appears anywhere. So that's not true. Um, I, that's not true. But I'm controlling from behind.
3: There's a review, and and I saw your name. Royfield and Jacqueline, you are so funny, blah, blah, blah. You know, it wasn't just like Royfield and the other one.
4: Royfield and co-hosts we've had before. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've finished all the calls, Royfield. We have,
3: we have. and um, That was lovely. We have done an expert job in, in slightly filling this week. But as you expertly noted, whenever there is a week of stunning acting and writing Uh, invariably we don't get that many calls because everybody thinks somebody else is going to call in you know yeah they
4: do (laughs) it is exactly the same every single week yeah but there's something that's bothering me about this week and it's nothing to do with ben or anything else i'm i'm so bored with the choir thing but these christmas chronicles it was a kind of joke thing that Linda said she was doing to get some information out of Tony. And everybody, every single day this week, the Christmas, Christmas Chronicles were mentioned. How is that going to fit in with the choirs? What's happening with the Christmas Chronicles? It's kind of a mystery that's kind of bubbling away in the background and I don't like to lose control of my storylines.
3: There you go. You're so domineering, aren't you? you don't, it's all about control with you. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. So? Mm. so, I feel sorry for Loic.
4: He loves it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that um, sound, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I must admit, I, I sound a bit. I like... can't wait until you meet him
4: because he's such a lovely man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's obviously go. got the patience of a saint as well, <laughs> Loic.
4: Now, please call in anybody that knows me really Mm. and tell who. Tell me that I've got the patience of a saint with an E on the end.
3: Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Uh, When it regards to this Christmas storylines, whatever, I'm going to sound like, is it the ghost of Christmas Past or whatever? I'm I'm Ebenezer Scrooge. That's what it is. Because I'm just like bar humbug. I care not for the competing choir storylines. Or finding guitars in attics or, you know, the ghost of Christmas past presents. And it's just like, come on, don't get me wrong. Christmas is an incredibly important time when family comes together, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But the contrived storylines which have which will have their resolution in and around Christmas, I care not for.
4: I, I am 100% with you, Roy Phil Brown. So there we Good. go. That's the, that's the official dum-de-dum line
3: then. Though I see okay. one thing which I did think was was rather sweet was Brad and Chelsea saying they didn't want any Christmas presents
4: wasn't that that's a proof that she's a good mum
3: absolutely, and that she's oh, raised wonderful brilliant. children and the whole thing of going to the um you know the bridal shows and getting yeah. back in on everybody All, her, Free all stuff. Up for that. All up for the free stuff, so yeah, i ag- I agree completely what what else was the last week so we, we dealt with Rosie wanting to be a spider, still don't know which part of the nativity play the spider plays, but but you know anyway,
4: but yeah. I, have you never or read to somebody else smaller than you, Charlotte's mm-hmm. Web? I think it's a very poignant story. A lot of people don't like it, but it's mm-hmm. about a farm, a farmer. A spider, a sheep—it's all moments It's like a an mm-hmm. allegory for mm-hmm. life, all about the things that you should take away from life: being good, being nice, being whatever. And so, I think that a spider would fit in perfectly into the nativity story. I tell you, me, know, I built a crib this week. I built a stable this week.
3: You I'm did, so proud. You did, and I was just I keep going on, on about that. it yeah, you're so no, because you're yeah, yeah,
1: no, so because I used a drill. I used a drill.
4: Like, you.
3: So, <laughs> so, you know, we're talking about spiders and the fact that you so very obviously uh, dominate your marriage with with Loic. Would you class yourself in the role as the Black Widow, then, spider? No. Yeah, that type of thing, no. really? No. All right, d- d- just checking. Talking about Christmas storylines, though. David deciding to make Christmas dinner. Will you accept somebody who's never done Christmas dinner before, and never done anything as complex as that before, just going, okay, I'll do it this year? And would you be happy with them saying, I'm going to serve up Christmas dinner? Because I'm not quite so sure. I'd be saying, you know, at the very least, you need to be able to have done a few roast dinners beforehand and to have passed that test with flying colours. But what says you? Yeah. Because you've got an agra in everything.
4: I've got an agra and everything. And we don't do Christmas dinner here, so.
3: But that wasn't the question, right? <laughs> <laughs> The question is, would you trust someone who who yeah. is never? Yeah. You would, you would.
4: <laughs> Royfield, if somebody mm. cooks for me, I am a very happy bunny. I'm so tired of cooking morning, noon and night. For many years, I've cooked lunch for my husband mm. who comes home from, from work for lunch and mm. an evening meal. So if somebody else cooks for me, I'm happy. Roast chicken dinner, fine. i will trust them.
3: All right, there you, are. there you go. Tell me, there you go. It's because you're fatigued. You're just fatigued. It's not because. And well, no, it's because okay. I want to
4: eat things that other people have made. Fair enough. Just well, I will well, not you,
3: rise. You started this whole podcast by saying, "I thought it was wonderful that this week is an ode to joy." Dum 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 dum. Alright, and we have. You could
4: be in a choir,
3: you know. Thank y'all, thank y'all. And we had Mick worried, and he's, it's not the first time he said this, that he's mentioned the L word, and joy is not reciprocated. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. to love about know, Joy, isn't
4: there? Qu- there is a lot to love about Joy. She's typical of a new character in The Archers that everybody thinks, mm. oh, God, horrible accent, blah, 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 blah. But there's so much to love about her. And, yeah, I'm slightly worried for Mick as well because... Well, we don't know him because everybody, you know, you think or he's crept into her good books, as it were. But mm, she's a nice woman, but she's maybe not able to commit. Maybe mm. we don't know any of her backstory.
3: We don't. It's all building
4: the backstory.
3: It, I, but I think the most significant building block was her wonderful way that she dealt with. Ben, Fabulous. that calm, now calm. has pulled one layer, one veil away from, from mm. the backstory. And on that note, yeah. we should crack yeah. on with but one email winner. Yes, so we yes. have one email winner this week. Over to you, Madame Berto.
4: And this is someone who has sent us something, and he titled it entitled it for Dumpty Dum, as someone going through a mental health crisis. Which may be the realization I need to transition to becoming Emma and not Michael. Please can all people I meet be joy. She was wonderful with Ben. Don't hide mental health and don't hide away from it, but be kind,
3: supportive,
4: giving guidance and reassurance. Says it all.
3: It does. It does. How oh,
4: lovely. Thank you so much for that message because it really does say it all.
3: Mm. Just to be re- receptive to someone else's distress, and to have the time and, and the grace to, to be able to deal with that, we all should have those attributes to our to our character. And if we do, the world would be somewhat of a kinder, much more supportive place. Thank you for that, Michael. And, and please let us know about your journey. And just on on the note about journeys, some time ago, I think it was about eighteen months ago or so we did a very special show with Kathy, Kathy Edge, who at the start of lockdown developed a serious bout of alcoholism and her descent into alcoholism mirrored that storyline, which happened in the archers. And I had a lovely chat with her yesterday. She has a very big milestone coming up soon as to how long she's actually been sober. And Kathy and I, I would actually go so far as to say, she's one of my best friends who I've never met and she's a total joy and she's taken her episode with illness and really done a whole 180. And now she is a, she's a very competent, strong and compassionate leader for people who are struggling with their sobriety actually on clubhouse. So it was a big shout out to Kathy and I'm not the first person to say this and I have said it before, but in a way what Dumpty Dum is, is not only a community of people who are there to support each other, but it is group therapy. And if Michael, you can get some warmth and some camaraderie and solidarity from us here at Dumpty Dum, we're only happy to give that support to you and wherever your journey takes you. So, now we should hear from our Facebook posse who have been talking on Facebook about the Archers this week.
5: Hello my lovely, Suey here, Queen O'Toole on the Twitters, with the first week in Ambridge social media roundup. This is just to wet your appetite as there's loads there this week. I wish I had more time. To start us, well I'll begin with Charlotte Yarker who said... I'm asking Santa for a joy this Christmas. There is so much joy love out there in Dumpty Dumbland. land. Vaughan Hall, she said, w- it was lovely, so moving. And Sally Hord said, wasn't she wonderful? I wholeheartedly agree. Then to the sublime Neil Hare question, the stadium announcer at the Dubai Seven sounds just like Kenton. Is this an official gig for the ball? Glad to say I've missed all the football. Was that football? Maybe it was rugby? I don't know. Anyway, sport. Rob Williams always oh, a bit busy boy this week, he speculated I predict another amusing confusion with a wedding rumour starting to do the rounds or an actual wedding and Witherspoon agreed. Rob Williams also pointed out that David did he just say guitar, and Caroline Walker said yes and suggested his mother wasn't entirely honest about Christmas being perfect. Are we to suppose he wrote the note? This is the note in the bottle, so perhaps Lillian has been barking up the wrong tree. Philippa wanted advice about saving up episodes to listen to at the dentist. And Jacqueline Bertheau said, As someone who's had root canal work this afternoon, I wouldn't waste the episodes. You can't concentrate, you would be wasting them. And Lillian McCarthy added, You'll end up screaming at the radio with headphones on in the dentist's waiting room. Never done that. Pete Ranson asked about Ben. The second he opened his mouth, I was convinced he was on Charlie. They're definitely building up to some catastrophic Christmas capers at Castle Brookfield. Dust down the East Ended Brunted Dumpty drums. We're going to be in for a wild ride. And Sarah Evans said, I've listened to the episode now. I don't know if he's just manic because of his mental unhealth or possibly he's taken amphetamines to help him study more. I must admit, my immediate thought at the word Charlie was Charlie dead in the culvert and the object of Adam's affections, and I was not the only one. Sarah Evans and Fiona Goldsmith thought this also. Kate Loyal came up with a potentially controversial opinion. Stella is absolutely wonderful. I want to be her. And I think the interaction between her and Pip was one of the most realistic in ages, and it passed the Bechtel test. Audrey Brown said, Pip... Not one of life's great joiners, is she? Has she ever done anything to add to the rich tapestry of village life in any way? Pam July said. Arguably, any village event involving Pip immediately becomes less fun by at least seventy-five percent. So, if you've not been to the Facebook group lately, come on over, join in the chat. We love having new people join in and established people coming back. And there's lots of new members coming in every week. I'm so enjoying the shout-outs to the new people. Please remember to be kind to each other. We're all feeling the stress of the world right now, so play nicely and stay safe, my lovelies, until the next one.
3: Thank you, Suey, and thank you, everybody who posted their thoughts and feelings to our Dumpty Dum Facebook group.
4: And this week we have one lovely new member.
3: I think that's two, isn't it? No, that...
4: but in fact, no, in fact, uh, I said that. I welcomed her as two people. I said, hello, you two. Oh, on Facebook But in fact It's a one person Who has two names Oh okay It's Hel- Helena Conaghan Lenny Lewis It's Gosh. all one person One profile
3: that Is a wonderful Wonderful name So Helena
4: Conaghan Lenny
3: Lewis I'm jealous Yeah
4: Yeah, so am I, so am I, Mm. it's
3: a fantastic name, I think it's
4: a couple that have one Facebook page, that's brilliant, but I'm sorry we've been confused by your name, we're just, we're a bit slow, really, sometimes. So, Royfield, have we received
3: any five-star reviews this week? No. No, No. No.
4: No. nothing, we? received no reviews.
3: Not not even a bad one, that's how, that's how dismissive people are of us, they didn't even want to send a bad one, "Eh." they gave us a gallic shrug of the shoulders, they're like,
4: yeah. Yeah, we're good at that here. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so please people I tell you that the reason why reviews are so important isn't just because we like to bask in praise it's also but because we do yeah, there is that there is that we are narcissists <laughs> after all however <laughs> it's important because the more reviews we get the further up the iTunes charts we go and the more listeners we actually get so it's, it's a good. way of kind of like pumping up our wheels, so to sp- wheels so to speak as well as our egos so if you want to pump us up if you want to pump up Madame Berto, please write us a review. And, and if you don't know how to do it on, on Apple Podcasts, there's a link in the show notes. And
4: on that note, let's talk about Twitter. Royfield. Mm. Yes. Did you know we have over 9,000 followers on Twitter? I discovered I, that today.
2: Oh. I think I've told you
4: several times already this program. You have. Just You've been in case, just in case. Like
3: beating that drum. And I think
4: and why not?
3: <laughs> and listen, as long as the drum's been beaten and not your partner, that's all good.
4: Do you know it, if we found about another 800 people, we'd mm-hmm. be over we'd be 10,000 followers. That would be a great great thing for dum dum Somebody might actually listen. <laughs>
3: Listen, people do listen. A good few thousand actually do listen to the podcast each episode. But there you go. If you have, do you have, do you have those statistics? Do you know when it's been listened to? I've no Um, idea how these things work.
4: I'm an innocent sitting by a log fire.
3: We are in the top three percent of all podcasts downloaded on planet Earth. In terms of those. so there you ooh. go there you go now i'm trying to wrap this whole show up and I'm you're sorry, just like sorry, chatting I'll and chatting right? Yeah, now
4: you we know, st- started so oh late it's my almost God. morning here oh, <laughs> it's my God. almost morning here we started late because of the football next mm-hmm. week we're starting late because of strictly did you know that did you no know one inform one of you those. didn't you get the memo
3: oh my gosh <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to like wrap the show up some of us have to edit the show Oh, sorry. Uh, Shut up, Jacqueline. All right. Okay. um... We're on Twitter under at DumptyDum. We always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and capital A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your opening for the tweet along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus. Please try and include at DumptyDum. In your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing as well as at Dumju on Twitter
4: yep, I tweet about a lot of other non archer stuff. I can usually link it back to my <laughs> beloved docudrama and I am at Jberto Sangua
3: That's a wonderful cue for our purple pumpkin and her tweet of the week.
4: Hello Royfield Jacqueline and
7: Dumpty Dummers everywhere. it's purple pumpkin here with a selection of tweets of the week and one toot of the week. My recommendation of a Twitter thread to look at this week is from Catherine Baird, at Catherine11Baird, who is posting objects from her collection of Archer's memorabilia for an Archer's Advent calendar. Do take a look at St. Stephen's Church, a couple of different jigsaws, a mug, all celebrating our favourite docudrama. As I said last week, a number of Twitter users have migrated to the alternative platform Mastodon, where tweets are called toots. Now, there aren't as many toot-alongers as tweet-alongers yet. For now, I'm choosing just one toot of the week. And this week, it's from Jude Aldridge, at judealdridge at toot.wales. Do fa la 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 off, Jolene. And here are the Twitter medals. In bronze position, it's our very own Ambridge Pony Club, at Jen Stephen. Hmm. In bronze position, our very own Ambridge Pony Club, at Jen J. Stephen. You don't know what the sheep does? What do you think the shepherds were doing, Pip? In silver, it's Matt, at Matt underscore Mark 2. One of the stupidest things about this choir wars story is that everyone in Ambridge is going to be in a choir, so there'll be no one available to actually watch any of this. And in gold, it's Sam Dean, at underscore Sam Dean. A spider would be ideal for Christmas dinner. No more arguing over who gets the leg. Boom, boom. That's it for this week. Hope to see you all on Twitter next week.
3: Thank you theo thank you our purple pumpkin and well done to everybody who is gold bronze and silver don't forget if we're talking about social media you can find us on instagram where RKT is the queen of all she surveys over there on instagram you can find us where we are at dumpty dum so do follow us on that specific bit of social media
4: and thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos the s- the show wouldn't be the same without you, Shambridge for her Voices, and her, our podcasting godmother Lucy B Freeman.
3: So you're calling it next week? It's three one to the mighty English.
4: Yes, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah. Why no, no, not?
3: No. Oh, come on. Yeah. Have the courage of your convictions.
4: Uh-huh. 3-1 to England against France. Okay, let's say it. What's your, what's your prediction?
3: I, I, I'm quite happy it'll 3-1. It'll go to penalties.
4: You'll, no, no, yeah, no, but no. you'll say it'll how go can, to penalties.
3: How, how can it go to penalties if it's going to be
0: 3-1? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?